everyone, Dave and Jeff doing our second podcast of the week as you and I are watching the end of game three of the NBA yep. Finals, trying to figure out where we are in this thing. Yeah, it was uh, kind of nuts. As here we are, we always seem to watch something good. Usually it's the Padres we're watching. And then we don't get the Padres because they had a day game, but we get the NBA Finals, which is pretty cool because your kid is big time invested in it. And this is the age to me where I always think it's the time you become just a giant sports fan and a team like the Warriors will stay with your son for the rest of his life. Yeah, you know what? It was cool until they won game two and he was a complete dick. Oh, that's right. You're rooting against that team. He's a complete dick. And so <laughs> I called it. Oh, he couldn't have been more of an arrogant little prick the other day when they win game two. Is he a shit talker like you? Well, I, I look, I've been a Raptors fan for six weeks, yes. right? He's been a Warriors fan for five years. I said it the other day because one thing I'm known for is class. Yes. Uh, I took the high road after they won. I said, man, that's that was what a you're, heck of a game. you're known for. Class and always taking the high road. And so uh, after the Raptors won game one, I took it relatively easy on him. Well, the Warriors win game two and his little mouth starts flapping. Oh, no. So I called him tonight driving down here. I said, hey, man, I got a big dilemma. He goes, oh, no, what's going on? Such a dipshit. <laughs> Walks right into the bear trap every time. I go, well, I'm really in a quandary here. I said, I don't know if I want you to buy me the gray shirt or the white shirt. We have a championship shirt bet on this. <laughs> and uh, he said, hey, hey, they haven't played the game yet. I go, this game's over. Your team's got Toronto flu. They don't want any part. Whatever. Clay Thompson. <laughs> I go, I said to him, how do you pay play 88 games and all of a sudden now you're going to blow out a hamstring? Like, come on. I go, he's completely jaking it. And then he got really pissed. He's not faking it, Dad. All right, we'll see. Looked pretty good to me the other day dancing around on the court, but ah, it hurt tonight. Ah, it's tight. He's like, you want to talk to Cade? <laughs> oh, he put you off on his oh, brother? Oh, yeah, he shuffled me right <laughs> off. So I just texted his mom. Yeah. And I said, hey, tell Jack I'm um, leaning towards Gray for the shirt. And she said, oh, don't put me in the middle of this. I go, you're not in the middle. You're on his side. Tell him I'm leaning gray. She goes, God damn, you're right. <laughs> will you call him after this game? God damn right I oh, will. Oh, boy. I'll call him tomorrow, little shit. <laughs> it's on, man. I told her, uh, it, do not ever start that game with me. Because I, as the great Roddy Piper once said, Every time he thinks he knows the answers, I change the questions. Which might be one of the greatest lines of all it's time. It's awesome. So I was like, all right, you want to, and, and here's the other thing. Yeah. I have no problem mis mixing cuss words in either. <laughs> it's, it's funny. They seem to mix in a lot more. Yeah. Oh, yeah, completely. But he loves it. So he knows he's going to be pissed because uh, he knows they've lost home court advantage. It's back to Toronto tonight. Assuming they hold on with a 12-point lead. And uh, I tell you what, though, man. That Warriors team with no Durant yeah, and no Klay Thompson. Two and, Hall of Famers. Right. Yeah. Boy, that Steph Curry is unbelievable. He right? is. But he, Dave, he's unbelievable. He is. I mean, he might be. I mean, we used to talk all the time what a great shooter Larry Bird was, right? And you talk about pure shooters you've seen in your lifetime. He's the best shooter we've ever seen. God dang. I mean, Klay Thompson is a great shooter, but Steph Curry is just insane. And can we just say, I mean, 
He's my son's favorite player, yeah. so I obviously pay attention to him a lot. Really, if if you're somebody that goes, man, I hate Steph Curry, isn't the problem you? Oh yeah, why would you? I mean, like, it would, right. I mean, how do you how do you look? Here's the deal: I hated Larry Bird right. as a Laker right. fan. I get that, but let me tell you something: I completely admired greatness. You yeah. know, yeah. And you know what, Dave? I like that analogy because Bird and Curry have kind of that same personality, right? I could see where magic could kind of little, wear on you your know, nerves. You know what, though? I, I, a little bit different. I, I, I don't mean to cut you off right there. What I, here's the deal with Steph. Steph is super religious. Okay. Like, he's not swearing. Larry yeah. Bird would run the mouth. You know what I mean? There's but a lot of cussing. on the court. Yeah. I'm like, just saying it, it's – they said there wasn't a better trash talker than Larry Bird. But, like, Steph Curry doesn't doesn't cuss at all. But But – like my point being with magic, magic I could see if you're from Boston or yeah. Detroit or one of those other cities, man, you may you may get worn out on magic, right? You may think he's all bullshit, which that ESPN article said the other day. He is all he's got two personalities. One for the camera yeah. and one for off. But for Bird, like I, I think that's kind of cool about Bird that a guy that just seems so quiet, French lick, all of that thing, to hear that when the game was on, and he's not loud about it, yeah, but is trash talking and is one of the best. I, I think that I'm with you. I hated that Celtics team, but to find him be that kind of player that cracks me up. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. I do love watching uh, Steph Curry. It's he's one of those guys when you look at how the game changed. He's uh, one of the main forces. I mean, we, we spoke about it, I think, in the last show, how uh, Daryl Morey realized, you know what? You can shoot 33% from three-point range, and it's better than 50% for just regular field goals. Yeah. And he goes, you're going to be better off going that route. Well, Steph Curry has stretched the floor. Most guys, watch your kids when they go shoot baskets. Oh, yeah. And they practice their three-pointers. Where do they stand? They stand almost exactly on the three-point line. Right. Well, if you're playing defense – you're going, well, the guy's going to shoot somewhere near, uh, standing near this line. Well, Steph pulls it back 10 feet. You have no idea when to start no. guarding him because he can shoot it from so many different places. Yeah, they, he did it tonight at the start yeah. of the game to Lowry, and Lowry just was caught flat-footed. And most people are. Yeah. And, and, and he had to do that because he's smaller. I mean, hell, you know, you watched him in oh, yeah. in college when you did your brackets. You went, went on, went crazy with Davidson. Yeah. And you saw when the T-Wolves passed on him twice, twice in the draft. you fucker. <laughs> I know they you did. asshole. This should be your team in the finals. Can you believe that shit? Again. Can you believe that shit? Yeah, yeah. I can. Yeah, I can too. David Kahn. What's he doing now? Well, A, he's from UCLA. Oh, boy. He was a circle jerk partner with Hartman. <laughs> And a poser? And po hey, how you doing, Dave? It's Jay. Hey, don't blame me. We we get the headline out as quick as we can. What's <laughs> up with Dotson? What's up with that guy? Nick's fine. Nick's fine. <laughs> Nick's fine. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just uh it's one of those things where you go, shit, man. Yeah, yeah I'm well, well aware of the fact that the wolves, because I'm I can't believe it because, to me, Curry is a generational player. Yeah, he is. And they would love to think that they may have a guy like that in Towns. Towns Towns is a cool player. Towns is a guy. Dave, in the NBA, Towns, right now, he's a guy. Yeah. Wiggins isn't even a guy. He doesn't even get there. And when you look at that for that franchise and go, man, oh, man, we struck out two times in a row. Yeah. Picks five and six, and then he goes seven. 
Boy, that's brutal. No, that's uh, that is brutal. One thing about Curry, he did change things, as you said. Towns, let's say Towns had the numbers he puts up on a yearly basis, mm-hmm. playing in 1990, 1995, even. Sure, he's you're putting him in there with David Robinson and Elijah oh, Wan, yeah. and ridiculous. And number one, he's shooting threes where big guys never shot threes back then. No. He's the guy we're looking at going. Is this the greatest center of all time? Well, Curry has taken the center out of the game. You know, when Curry plays and Clay Thompson plays on the Warriors, your center goes to the bench. Wow. And now all of a sudden you're just playing with athletes. And it used to be, well, you're a point guard, you're an off guard or a shooting guard. You're a small, small forward, a power forward, and a center. Mm-hmm. Guys are just athletes now. You have five athletes out on the floor. They don't have – it's not broken down that way. I don't know what it's like at the Y because maybe coaches are trying to teach the basics. But right now, you look in the NBA, it's not that way. Oh, we need a point guard. We need a shooting guard. We need You need shooters is yeah. what you need. Everybody just needs shooters. And can we bring the, push the ball up the court? Yeah, it's big. I wonder, too – I wonder, too, how much credit goes to Steve Kerr. Taking nothing away from Curry as a player. Yeah. However, looking at the Wolves and the disasters that they've had for head coaches, right? Yeah. I mean, you had Rick Adelman. Would, would oh, Rick yeah. Adelman have been able to get in people? Oh, he could be a Hall of Fame coach. Shut up. <laughs> right? Rick Adelman. Would Tom Thibodeau have gotten no, this? I don't think so because he was a defensive coach first. Yeah, I don't. I'm not saying that they would have stifled him and that Curry couldn't have had the numbers that he had. Yeah, but they're not in the finals, right? I mean, it's it's a combination of Steve Kerr, of Joe Lacobe, the owner, and and Peter Gruber, and Jerry West, and Bob Myers, right? Yeah, Dave, it's just it's a combination of really smart ownership, smart management. Yeah. Good coaching, really, really special player, right? Uh, yeah, I do believe he's he would have been a Hall of Famer no matter what team or or coach had him. The one thing I'll say though, Steve Kerr was a shooter. You know what I mean? Yeah. And lets them say, "Hey, do your thing," and they have shooting contests every day. Still to this time, as good as Steph is now, nobody percentage wise is a better three point shooter than Steve Kerr in NBA history. The funny thing, they replayed the sixty minutes interview with the Warriors the other night, and Kerr is such a cool dude, and he talked about. They uh, they asked him, yeah. how do you relate to these guys? He goes, I can't relate to any of those guys. <laughs> he goes, I relate to the guys on the bench because that's who I was. But it was cool when he said that only about 20% of his job is X's and O's. Yeah, that's A- interesting. X's and O's. And he said the other 80% is managing personalities. Yeah. You know, it's funny. A lot of guys will say that in baseball too. Boach will probably say that to you as well. Yeah. You know, it's about managing personalities and making sure guys are ready to go. That's why you hear all the time. You know, when people say, oh, Boach was great. You go, what made him so great? Every day you walked over to all 25 guys on the team and asked you, how you're doing? Yeah. Talk to everybody. Yeah. Knew t- about kids. Talked to every knew about guy. everything. Thing about him, too, and I could see it with Kerr as well. The conversation was always about you. Yeah. And it wasn't about them. And when you are leading or you're a manager of any time, yeah. man, you got to make those people that are on your team feel like they matter and that they're important, right? Yeah. And those guys just do it better than others. No, it's been a really fun series. I, I'm completely in on Toronto because I, I think there'll be a great deal of pride in wearing a shirt that my punk big mouth <laughs> kid has to buy for me. And especially if he's got to buy that and buy something else for Father's Day. Uh, speaking of which, I, I said this to Dave, and I highly recommend it for anybody yeah. who's a dad. 
Now, moms as well, Rose and, and Maggie, any of you, you guys would love it too. But Dave, I saw something today that was the coolest thing, and I tweeted it out. It's on my Facebook page. Um, there was a French Open match going on today. Yeah. And there was a player, I'm not familiar with the gentleman's name, but but the French Open, man, it's one of the Grand Slam tournaments. And this guy lost. He loses. It's emotional. And he's sitting there on the sideline afterwards. He's got tears in his eyes. He's not balling like Costa. But he's... I saw Mike today, by the way. Well, I'll get to that okay. in a second. Go ahead. This guy's got tears in his eyes. It's emotional, right? He just yeah. lost. Crowd's cheering for him. Next thing you know, Dave, his son, who has to be, I'd say in the range of 9 to 11, comes out onto the court and walks over and just gives his dad a hug. And I was saying today, when you watch it, hugs his dad for like 20 seconds, and they walk off hand in hand. My kids are going on 12. There's certain days they still grab your hand walking into the mall. I take it every time. But I was just saying as a parent, there is nothing better in the world than a hug from your kid. Yeah. And it's such a cool scene because the entire stadium is just into it as this father and son share this moment. Yeah. Even the opponent gets like choked up and the guy puts all his rackets in the bag and he stands up and he waves at the crowd and he takes his little guy by the hand. They just walk off the court. It's fucking great. You'll love it, man. You'll love it. I was laughing as you were telling the story about the hugs. Do you remember in the movie Weird Science? Yeah, great movie. Do you remember when the parents come home when he's like, <laughs> Mom, Dad, it goes in for the hug. The, di- the dad makes <laughs> yeah. him shake his hand. Come on. <laughs> Get out of here with all that weird shit. We don't do that. We don't do that shit. Here. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's that. That's crazy. Now, I got to look at that. I'm sure I'll see it on uh, on television today. All right. Tell me about the day at Petco <laughs> Park where you were honored on the field. And thank God the Padres didn't fuck up. <laughs> and give the trophy to a guy who says they have six automatic outs. I love the fact they shoved you all the way to the left in the picture with the intent of cutting you out of it when they crop it later. They let you in. They go, come on down to a Wednesday afternoon game, you dick. Get your trophy and then get... <laughs> you dick. That's what they say. Come on down and get your plaque. We're going to spell your name wrong and everything. They did not spell my name wrong. I love it. Well, walk me through the day. All right, so uh, today was the day that we found out who was going to win Coach of the Year. So a couple months ago, the someone nominated me for Coach of the Week honors. And I think I did. <laughs> you actually wrote a letter in? I'm pretty sure I did. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you did not. letter on stationery. Dear sir. <laughs> Dear sir. <laughs> Dear Casey. I can imagine. Yeah, I couldn't imagine what that letter I have a little. Been. I have a dedication. It would mean a lot to me if you read this. Oh my a long God. time ago, we had a little dog named Snuggles. No, all right, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> so uh, a couple of months ago, they they did the thing on uh, Padre POV. They came that out to great. one of our practices. They did a really good job putting that together, Jake Santos and the guys over at Fox Sports. And so uh, we go and we go through the process. Well, seven other coaches go through the process as well. Not just baseball coaches. There were a few softball coaches yeah. out there as well, which is great, which is something I'm glad they uh, they open it up. And so – there are only eight of us. We they, they tell us, come on down to Petco Park on June 5th. We have uh, three passes for you, you your, your wife, and your son. Um, and they decided to let Josh and Rita down on the field, too. And they did oh, the same great. thing for the other people, but they weren't going to do that before. And they said last month, you know what? We're going to let the family come down, too. And then they um, then they gave us four tickets for friends and family, whoever wanted them in the crowd. And 
I offered them, of course, to you. You turned me down. And so I gave them to someone that actually appreciated it. And so it's all right. I got to work. Yeah. Well, guess what? Brian and Christy had to work, too. Guess what? They drove all the way down from Orange County. And guess who was there? Yeah. They were there. Well, that's because they got those little crocodile arms it's when it comes <laughs> to pulling out the wallet. If it's free, give me all four. So we uh, we, we, we head on down to uh, Petco. But as we, we get out of the car, we're, we're running 15 minutes late. We're looking for Bill Johnson because Bill Johnson is the one that's meeting everyone, putting it together. Oh, nice. Okay, great. So it's great to see Bill. Bill, of course, lost his wife a couple months yeah. ago. And, and I just was happy to see Bill. And we um, we run down there. We get on the other side. And uh, excuse me, before we walk in there, all of a sudden, hey, 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 where are you going? I'm hearing as I'm crossing the street. And it's Mike Costa and Judson. <laughs> no way. And so. Well, they carpool? Of course. You kidding me? Of course, they carpool. So I'm like, uh, hey, Judd, what are you doing with the dad from Teen Wolf? What the fuck happened to Costa? <laughs> with the beard? <laughs> it's all over the place. Let's fix that shit up. What's wrong with you? So it was, it was it was nice to see those guys for a split second. They're holding me up. I go, I got to fucking go. I told you I'm late, you asshole. <laughs> Doesn't know what he was doing. It was funny. So um, we, we, we cut on through. We get everything we need. First guy I run into is Bernie Wilson, Bernie yeah. and his son Jack. And Bernie was uh, was absolutely great uh, talking to Bernie and, and saying for you and I and him, we, we got to get together soon. Oh, yeah, he's great. And so uh, that, that was nice. Uh, Bill, Bill and I, uh, we, we talked about things, just checking on family stuff. And uh, Steve Garvey comes in yeah. at the same time. You knew Steve Garvey was in? I saw a picture of Biff Dolan had a picture yeah. with Garve today. And yeah. I was wondering if you saw the Garve. Garvey was right next to me the whole time. And you know what's funny? I didn't reach out to him at all. And and not uh, to say I'm done with Garve, but I was like, you and I have met Garvey a million times. And, yeah. and he's been on the show and he did the Fox Sports San Amazing Diego guy. TV deal. And I was like, you know, what? there's so many other people that wanted his time mm-hmm. or just wanted a chance to say something. So I didn't bother Steve at all. Nice. So we, um, they take us down on the field. Um, they put us in order, as you said, where I stood. They did put us in order. It was a softball coach, then it was me, and then uh, the other six people. First guy I've run into, though, was Andy Green in, oh, in, wow. in, in, in the dugout. And Andy was a super cool. Nice. You know, and he, he knew exactly my name. I apologized to him. Andy, I'm so sorry for cussing you. <laughs> you know, he laughed about it. I go, honest, I thought it was Jeff or Steve Woods. I go, I'm, I feel like a jerk. I go, I'm really sorry about it. He laughed about it. It was great. But I did walk down there with Jake's jersey. So oh, yeah, I saw that. You saw great. I had his jersey. And yep. I wasn't sure I was going to do it. Didn't tell anyone I was going to do it. And then this morning, I was like, I'm bringing it down. This whole yeah. season was dedicated to Jake. The players mentioned Jake all the time. There's stickers. There's memories of Jake all over the place. So I said, I'm going to bring Jake's jersey with me. I'm only here, I'm pretty sure, because of Jake. So we um, we go down on the field, and um, we walk through, and we shake hands with some of the Padres executives and Andy again. And before I got out there, one of the – People that worked at the Padres, not a higher up, just someone down on the field. Mm-hmm. Might have been a pod squad girl for all I know. She says, hey, you want to you wanna leave that behind? You know, telling me to leave the jersey behind. Don't bring it out on the field with me. And I said, no, I'm bringing it out. I go, this is my son's shirt, and I'm bringing it out. And then when I went and shook Andy Green's hand, he stopped me at home plate and said, man, I'm really happy you brought Jake's jersey out. Oh, that's he great. Goes, that, that, he goes, that's awesome. Nice. And so that that kind of made my day right there. That yeah. that that he understood what it was for, and, oh, yeah. and Rita and Josh knew what it was for. And there are people in the in the crowd that have you know listened to this show that that sure. knew why it was there and everything else. So we go through it, and, and quickly they they hand us a very nice plaque, and um, they announced the coach of San Marcos won Coach of the Year. 
And uh, no joke, yeah, in, in all seriousness, I hope this guy gets well soon. He's, he's battling cancer, and uh, you could tell he wasn't well. He had trouble, he had, he had trouble walking. You could tell he's I going through treatment. I saw that story about two weeks ago. Somebody yeah. just did a story on that guy, yeah. You know, when he threw out the first pitch, though, he nailed a strike. From, did he really? From the rubber. Good for him. You know, he did good. So, uh, you know, I hope, I hope he's going to be around. But he, you could tell he definitely wasn't doing well. And then we, uh, we leave, and we head up to the owner's box. Okay. Which I've never been in the owner's box oh, at Petco God. Park. Do you right. know where, where that is exactly? No, is it in the Lexus? Where it's, is it? It kind of is. It's right behind Home Place in that plate in that level. Like it used to be. Is it still the Toyota? Is it Lexus section? I think Toyota Terrace, but is it Lexus it now? Yeah. So it's. I mean, it is directly behind. Them. It's like where Ted Leitner sits, but b- the level below. Okay, because Preller. This is a little inside baseball. Yeah. Sorry, but you remember when we came off the elevator? Yeah. And we went to the left like you were going to go eat. And there were those people that were there kind of at a desk. And then there was a door right there. Yeah. That's where Preller is. Preller's behind that door. Yeah. So Preller is between the dining room and what's that end one? Where where TV used to be. I guess it's visiting TV now, right? Yeah. Because Mudd and and Orsillo moved a couple to the left. but So it's a section below that. Wow, okay. Yeah, it's below that. Like, I almost felt like I'd never been on this level before. Cool. And when you walk up there, you I'm sure you could take an elevator somewhere, but I, we took the stairs up, and I was like, I didn't even realize the staircase was here when I, wow. when I was there. Nice. And then you walk up, and there's a person at a podium standing yeah. there like a guard and lets you in, and it is ridiculous, man, how nice it is. That's I mean, it, it was great. First guy I saw was Randy Jones. Of course. You know, there's Randy. I was like, shit, Randy. I go, no wonder you never leave this place. I go, if I just afford all my mail here. It's, uh, I mean, it's like the biggest luxury living room you've ever seen with TVs all over the place. The food is insane. I mean, you have your choice of everything you want food-wise. Everything that basically they serve out there, you can get in here. You know what I mean? Sushi, everything. Ho-dads, kind of hamburgers, the whole deal. You open up a big drawer filled with freaking hot dogs. You open another drawer filled with red vines. It's unbelievable. Every kind of beer you could possibly want. That's where Randy went. Because Randy used to come up to the press yeah. box every night. That's what he told have, me. And have like four Cracker Jacks yeah. and four bags of peanuts. He told me today. He goes, where do you think I get this shit from? Right here. <laughs> he told me today. Yeah, he rolls yeah, up It wasn't like day. he went and bought it for all of us. No. He stole it from the owner's box. Hooked it up. Uh, always would hook up Coach. Yeah. And then whoever was hanging around, yeah. he hook him up. It was funny as hell. So uh, it, that, was, that was really cool. Then if you don't want to watch from basically a luxury living room, you just step out and there are four rows of seats, but they aren't seats. You're sitting in luxury chairs. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you're going, this is pretty freaking cool. And so then is that where you guys were for the game? The, the whole freaking time for like, except for when I went down and saw our friends that were, I saw the loachers down in the, in the ballpark for a second and then came right back up. But God, anyway, it so was funny. Ron's living a pretty good life. I said to Rita, I said, I'm going to buy this team just so we can have these seats every yeah. game. This is okay. insane. We're going to buy it. <laughs> gonna, now, was Ron there? Was Ron, no, Ron, Ron there? No, Ron, Ron was not there. Ron, I don't know where Ron was, but Ron wasn't there. So, um, of course, they play the Phillies, and so it's mm-hmm. a, you know it was, it was a day game, so there weren't a ton of people in the ballpark, but still it was the Phillies. And as I said Fun. to Rita, who's not a baseball fan, I go, look, if you were buying tickets to see a team in the National League, you would buy tickets to see the Phillies or the Dodgers, star power-wise. Yeah. And I go, there's tons of stars on this team, and the Padres are up and coming. This is a, a really a good game to be at. So it was it was pretty cool. I got to tell you, when I sat in the stands for for an inning, Padre fans aren't the smartest baseball guys going. The you stuff they fuck off. The stuff they fucking yell. 
What they yell? His every time there's a pop fly in the infield. Infield fly. <laughs> infield fly. No. Yeah, there's a pop fly in the infield. That's not the rule. Shut the fuck up. All right. And one person asking me because they made a switch and they switched the right fielder and the left fielder. And they go, why are they changing dollar bills out there? Why do they keep switching dollar bills out there with outfielders? I'm like, those aren't dollar bills. Those are the defensive charts they're switching up to go when there's a guy up to bat. Going, this is where you stand when this guy's batting. They're switching their charts from left field and right field with each other. No one's flipping dollar bills to each other. Right. Millionaires, God dang. I was like, I could get the fuck out of here. And I was Dodger fan. (laughs) Garvey's family. I saw saw JoJo's uh, dad was behind me. Yeah. And uh, JoJo, of course, is is one of the team physicians with the Padres. A good friend of ours writes blogs for the Dave and Jeff yep. show. And uh, absolutely fantastic. Just just such a nice guy. You and I have known oh, him yeah. for 25 years. And it was it was great seeing people that you know. But you know what's funny? I still just time. call him Mr. Tarantino. Do you really? Yeah. God, I don't know if I've ever called him that. That's funny you say that. I think I just call him JoJo's dad. I don't know what well, I'm t- funny how I refer to him. He's just such a good dude. But he is always smiling. Such a good guy. He was so proud of his son when he was a little kid to be right. working with the Padres. Now he's now he's sitting there, basically knows who the Padres are going to draft because he's running physicals on these players before the Padres draft him. He just tells his dad, "I'll be there uh, Saturday night." Yeah, and I'll have a story regarding the Padres, but I'm going to hold it for next week. Okay, hold, uh, Padres are great. Um, the Padres are great. And, they're and great. You, like, honest God, and I've said this for years. You've said this for years. Even through the different ownership, for some reason, they've been able to maintain um, the kind of the kind of guys you want representing your city. I know that yeah. sounds dumb when they aren't winning championships, and people go, "Who cares about nice guys?" I'm telling you, as as someone like like Jeff has done, I've done, Bernie Wilson's done. We're in locker rooms all the time, right? And there are a lot of teams that come to town, and you go, man, these guys are assholes. The Padres have never been assholes. No. Never. And and really good dudes. And from top to bottom, the front office guys are great. I saw Wayne Portello today. Yeah. Couldn't have been nicer. He agreed with you on something. It bothered me, and I gave him a chance to hit me, and he did. And I threw the, the ice cream hat idea at him. <laughs> did you try again? Oh, I did. 100% How many did. times are you going to fucking try the same a, stupid owner. idea? Shut the fuck up. Fuck you. It's, it's not so stupid. Dumb. Someone's going to do it and they're going to make no, millions of not. dollars. What did he say? Okay, I'm going to explain it real quick for Let the people who don't know what the fuck I'm talking about they here. They should. They've heard it a thousand times. Maybe they have. Maybe they haven't. So here's my idea. So the ice cream, when you get an ice cream, it comes in a little Padres batting helmet. Mm-hmm. And I said, Wayne. I'm going to give you a chance to call me an idiot because Jeff has done it before and Tom Garfinkel didn't have time for my bullshit either. So I'm going to present it to you that way first, okay? I know that's not how you push an idea, but I'm going to give you a fair shot to say you're out of your fucking mind to me. Yeah. And you can do it if you want. But here's the deal. These ice cream hats here, you offer both the Padres and the Phillies in a game like today and you let the fans choose what they want. Well, guess what? Some kid's going to go, I want the Phillies because I want a collection. But you only sell that team when that team's in town. I go, the Marlins were in town the other day. Nobody wants to see the guy named Marlins. But there's some kid at home in Santee going, I need to get, finish out my collection. Mom, Dad, we're going to the Marlins game. You got to buy tickets. And he, they're going to want to collect all 30. And it's going to take them years to get all 30. But they're going to make special trips just to get that guy dang helmet because kids want to collect shit. Mm-hmm. All right. That's it. That was like almost dead fucking silence. It's, it's so fucking dumb. Oh, shit. I hate it. Oh, you All son right, of a so bitch. All right, so you sell, you've ordered a thousand fucking Marlin helmets, and you sell four. 
What the fuck am I supposed to do for a year with the 996 Marlin helmets I got left over, dipshit? And then tonight I sold 15 Philly fucking helmets, so I got 985 of those. Hey, Wayne, I hope these all fit in your fucking office, smart guy. I'll tell you what, Wayne. You see that Marlin's helmet over there? I want you to wear it on your fucking head until we sell 100 more. With the, with the rubber band <laughs> under your chin. Band your chin. And yes. you're going to walk around the office for a full year until you sell at least 100 more. God, you just cannot let it go that that's a horseshit idea. I gave him a fair shot to, to fucking rip me. Yeah, you've given everybody a fair shot to I rip me. I did. You. It I sucks. Did. Okay, I won't ever bring it up again, but I had You a, will I had bring it up again. You know, they, that's if, the if, thing. If they sell the team, I will. You know I will. Yeah, if I get it one more chance with the new ownership group, I will. You fuck it up. You'll do it to Preller. Wearing that box with Trotter later this year. Can you imagine Preller wearing the little hat with his messed up hair underneath? God damn it. <laughs> like, you're embarrassing the brand. Stop. Oh, my gosh. Uh, remind me. I gotta, I'm not going to say this story on there. But off there, remind me to tell you a Preller story. Okay? Preller? A Preller did you talk story. to him? No, I did not talk to him. But I'm uh, not going to say it on there. No, all right. Well, that's good. I'll be out there Saturday night. I'm going back out Saturday night, and Dave, I will see the Washington Nationals, who I think are another Bryce team. Harper's coming to town. Oh, he doesn't play for them anymore. No, but guess who I'm seeing, fuckface? Go Max ahead. Scherzer. Are you? Yeah. Yeah, he's pitching Saturday. So what do you got to say now? <laughs> what do you got to say? Give my best to Anthony Rendon. What do you want me to tell you? I like you? that kid. I like Juan Soto, too, even though that racist Joe Simpson doesn't. <laughs> what the fuck's going on with Dude, baseball now? Why don't you these see guys, Steve yeah. Blass? No, what did he do? Steve Blass... Uh, the the Pirates announcer shooting his mouth off about Acuna. Oh, dude, I did see that one. And Acuna, like, what the fuck? fuck. Bob Brindley's a fucking jerk. Yeah. These guys got to, I mean, you almost have to tell these guys, hey, no more. This is yeah. what baseball is, no more. If you want to keep broadcasting our sport, these guys are the future enough. I just, I can't say it enough how lucky we are to have Mud and Orsillo. And I get that a lot of you feel like the booth gets crowded when Sweeney comes in there. I get it. I saw that little dipshit uh, Johnny Silva had a problem with Annie. That kid's just a fucking weirdo. I, I, how do you not like that, Annie? That's hey, funny. I haven't seen Johnny Silva I've, on forever. Is that I, maybe I'm, I don't think I muted Johnny Silva. I just, I just haven't seen anything from Johnny Silva. He ripped Annie. Who rips Annie? Yeah. Well, get off my TV. He wrote. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't know. I muted that or blocked that kid. Finally. <laughs> like I don't know what the fuck. How, how do you do that? Like what's the matter? Whoever says that shit, right? Whatever. I guess it's all personal preference. One of the nicest, coolest people in the world. You're going to be like, ah, get her off my TV. Whatever. That's exactly why. See, okay, I like, by the way, I like Sweeney. But I understand when you say the booth gets crowded. You don't need both of them at the you same time. You do not. Mark does not fit well in the middle of that. Mark fits great with Pomeranz. Yeah. Mark and Pomeranz work great together in that role. But when it comes in, in my opinion, you don't need a three-man booth. Orsillo and Mud play perfectly off each other. And to me, the same thing I see yeah. with Vaskersian trying to play traffic cop with A-Rod and Jessica Mendoza. I think that's terrible, too. Yeah. Because you just want to go, if we brought a third person in here, right? All of a sudden, you bring a third person in. Fuck you. It doesn't work. You don't need it. And it, it changes... The whole dynamic of that booth. It feels like, and I love Sweeney, but I'm just saying when he comes into that booth, it feels like all of a sudden the teacher showed up. Like, here's the math teacher, right? Yeah. 
Because Orsillo and Mud, for me, when I'm watching the game, it just feels like two guys that are really good. It's not just two guys sitting at a bar. Yeah. Because the two guys sitting at the bar bore the fuck out of you. They're annoying. <laughs> but they make it where they're not talking down to you. They make the game fun. Yeah. I thought Orsillo's call today on the two Machado plays were amazing. They're so great. And uh, and it's just really good. But I feel like when Mark goes into the booth, it gets too crowded. You don't need all of it. All right, let me throw this one at you. It's not a, a dig at Grant, okay? Because neither one of them had Hall of Fame careers. Right. But I've seen guys in the past where I'll, – I'll, I'll throw one at you, and the two guys I like a lot. When I'm around Brett Boone, okay, mm-hmm. Brett runs kind of the room because everyone has a million questions for Brett. You know, whether you sure. want to ask about his career, his family's career, his, his brother with the Yankees – Brett kind of runs the room. But then when Trevor Hoffman, who's a close friend with the Brett, is with Brett at the same time, he almost defers to being quiet while Trevor kind of runs the room. You understand? Like, because Trevor's a Hall of Famer. It's funny because Brett had, well, knowing both guys, yeah. knowing all the guys you're talking yeah. about, um, I would actually go to Brett as much as I love Trevor because Brett is a fucking smartass. Yeah, Brett's funny as shit. And Brett is knows the game, yeah. right? Amazing credentials, like Trevor. Trev's just such a just a cool dude. Yeah. Trev's just cool, man. And I don't know. I'm sure he does. But any time that we've been with him, Trev's not somebody who's going to take a shot at anybody. No, he's not just, at all. He's just cool and is like as nice as it gets. Boone will fucking rip everybody. Yeah, he will. But it's but it's busting balls. Yeah, yeah, it's guys, yeah. It's guys breaking balls. So in that situation, uh, let me hear from Brett Boone because Boone will compliment a guy, but will fuck with the guy at the same time. So I think it's a, almost a respect thing to Trevor and going oh, sure. to Hall of Famer. Absolutely. So my, my point is, is Sweeney that guy for Grant where Grant pipes down because Mark is has had the better pro career? Oh, I don't know about that. Oh, I mean, yeah. Mark was a pinch hitter. Yeah, but he was with so many goddamn teams. I mean, he had so much more. Well, Grant had a thousand fucking teams too. Yeah, but you know, but Grant was a guy that was barely hanging on. Sweeney was a guy that was with Bochi and Tory and the Dodgers and the Giants and World Series with the Padres and. Yeah, I don't know about that. I, I think you're overhyping. I love Sweeney. No, I think you're over. Then why do you think it gets crowded in there? Sweeney, I guarantee you, Sweeney's not saying it's crowded. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the decision is to do that. I. I think. That's where you tell Grant, take a couple innings off and rest like we do at the radio side. Um, yeah, you don't have to do that either. Or don't put Sweeney on, period. Yeah, put Sweeney in when Mud's off. When he's on, on vacation, has sure. a couple days off. Because yeah. in that situation, Orsillo and Sweeney work you. really well together. Because yeah. it's just two guys talking. Yeah, They're all buds. I like uh, I like when Agler gets in there, too. Agler, I like. And and he does it. I just don't think you need three guys doing anything. You know, I like Ted with uh, when Agler's off. Yeah, uh, I like Ted and Jesse. I think they have as good a chemistry as Ted's had with anybody in a long time. But the one that's really fun is when Junior comes. Yeah, in. I agree with Tony you. loves him. Yeah. Uh, I mean Ted loves him. Yeah, watch him grow up. Just loves him. Yeah, and it's really fun like that. That's cool. And Agler and Junior get along great, so I like that too. I like the mix they have, Dave. It, with, I like Scanlon. I like uh, Grant and Orsillo. I like Pomeranz and Sweeney. Junior getting mixed in there, and Agler and Ted. I like the whole mix of the whole thing. That's funny how there is. I agree with you. There's not one guy where you go, oh, fuck that guy. 
Because right. every every team has that guy. We go oh, fuck, that one guy, Bob Brindley. I can't say that guy. But do, do people in Arizona dislike Bob Brindley? Um, or does he get a pass because he got him a ring? Yeah, probably. You know, the, it's funny. The Dodgers. I always ask you announcers. You're, you're better than anyone I know when it comes to naming guys. I don't know if you're going to get this one though. Yeah. So Joe Davis, who took over for Vince Scully, everyone said, "Oh, it's going to be a horrible." Uh, whoever gets that job has no chance. The guy's outstanding. Really, oh, yeah. he's really, really good. I, I watch him almost every night. Him and Oral Hershiser do a great job. I like him better. I don't. I'm not a big Nomar fan, but I like when him and Hershiser are going. Well, Joe Davis does the national games on Saturday, uh-huh. so he's out. So mm-hmm. they bring another guy in. I can't remember the guy. Na- guy other Tim guys Neverett. Name. I think that's it. Yeah. And you know what? The guy never fucks up. The guy's really good at what he does, but Came I can't. From, I can't fucking stand him because he's got that kind of that fake voice. Yeah, yeah. He sounds hey, like. Hey, here we go. Yeah, he Ronnie sounds like radio. Yeah, he sounds like he got his goddamn broadcasting from Columbia School of Broadcasting. Yeah, he was a uh, he was a Pittsburgh guy for a long time. He yeah, may have been. Yeah, he kind of worked his way up. He did shit for like you know Pac-12 Network, yeah. and then he went to Pittsburgh for a while. Had been in Boston, and then got run out of Boston, and uh, and fell in with the Dodgers. To me, the guy who should have got that job was Lewin. Yes, Lewin would have been perfect. Lewin's really good when I hear him with the Red Sox now. He's great. Yeah, he did the game tonight with Joe Castiglione. Lewin would have been perfect for that. Yeah, doing UCLA and doing the Dodgers. Damn, I would have been okay with that. Yeah, yeah, that would have been cool because he's coming off the Mets, did it really well on the radio. And uh, and Josh would have been great. Don't know what happened. Yeah. But but yeah, I, I I hear that guy because they're giving Steiner more time off, and I hear that guy on the radio with Rick Monday. Yeah. Yeah, he's fine. He's just not. The problem is, Dave. If you have XM, you can hear all the different baseball announcers uh, around the country, and I I love it. The problem is when I first got XM and first was listening, man, there were some really impactful voices in the game that were still there Yeah, that you could hear, and now it's just like, shit, I don't know, very average. It's uh, There's some guys that stand out, like when, even when you hear Gary Thorne, as soon as you hear his voice, oh, you go, great, yeah. Gary Thorne's really good Yeah, with a shitty team. He's, yeah. re- he's really freaking good. You yeah. know, and it, you think back to, for us at least, when he was even doing ESPN and how Coolest outstanding dude. it was. Coolest you know? dude. So great doing hockey. I'm shocked nobody ever picked him up. Yeah. Like NBC Sports Network didn't pick him up to to do hockey again. I don't know if he didn't want to do it, but shit, him and Bill Clement yep. doing the Stanley Cup. I mean, Mike Emmerich right now is amazing. But um, Padre yeah. fans, though, overall are really lucky for the broadcasters they have. Yeah. You know what I mean? They are. They're really lucky. And whether your feeling is on Sweeney, I love when, when Sweeney's on because I think he kind of teaches the game a little bit. But that's just my preference. But there's not one guy to me that drives me nuts. And, and I tell you, the guy nobody ever talks about, Mike pa- pa- Mike Pomerantz, as I was about to give him a compliment, never messes up. Fucking guy's outstanding. Never. And I messed up just trying to say Mike Pomerantz. But, yeah. I love what those guys do. Like, I like those guys together. Like I said, I like Sweeney a lot. I just don't need a three-man booth. You're, you're, you're just basically yeah. strangling there's no air. Yeah. And it's just it's just weird. Just doesn't feel like they, it feels they all get along, but I just it doesn't feel like there's a natural flow to it. Feels like everybody's trying to find their space. You know, you called it before uh, Orsillo got here. Yep. We are lucky to have him. You know, we Amazing, we're, we're, right? we're lucky to have him here in San Diego. Because the thing that I like about Don, he is real. Like as yeah. genuine and good a dude 
off the year. Maybe even better guy off the year if that's possible. But he's so fucking good. Yeah. Um, playing off of Mud, right? Because it's been hard for Mud to find guys, whether it was Proctor. Mark Neely would laugh and turn the mic off. Is that right? Yeah. Um, Enberg never really quite got it. No, not at all. But Orsillo gets it and works really well with him. But the, the amazing thing is Orsillo is such a fucking good play-by-play yeah. guy. Like, we were really, really lucky to have Vaskersian here for as long as we did. Vaskersian, the same thing. Where a little bit more of a smartass than Don is. Yeah. But an incredible play-by-play guy. And another guy who got along great with Mud. Um, the thing is, Vaskersian just would bury Mud. Yeah. Just would fuck with Mud all the time. And Orsillo does it too. And Mud loves it. So, yeah, I like it. I think it's really, really good. And I hope Don stays here for a long time. Um, as people will know by the time they hear this podcast, but uh, Craig Kimbrell signed a three-year, $43 million that? deal with the Cubs. Um, Cubs obviously making a run, and you're sitting there going through and you're going, what took guys such a long time? We, people who didn't understand should have heard it a bunch in the last three days that you, you kind of had to wait for the draft to take place so you weren't going to lose a draft pick by signing to Keuchel or signing to Kimbrell. Mm-hmm. But when you, when you look at Kimbrell, remind me again, and I'm not taking a shot, do you remember who the Padres got back in that trade? Well, who they got back? Who, who for the pa- yeah? Who did the Padres get back in the Kimbrell trade? Because oh, honestly, for Boston? Yeah, uh, yeah. They got Logan Allen, who's okay. going to be the left-handed starter, who's going to be the guy. I, I hope I, he's the guy. I mean, I, I give, mean, give him he, a different number besides sixty-two. No, not the you're. Um, no, I'm talking about the pitcher. oh the pitcher. Yeah, who the fuck's the pitcher? Hold on, I'm, now now you're in my head. No, Logan Allen's the pitcher. I think you're thinking of Austin Allen. Austin Allen, I'm thinking. Sorry. Uh, I think Javi Guerra, who threw 98, may have come in that deal. Did Margot come in that deal? I think Margot came in that deal. And then they got a fourth guy, too. Where did Asuai come from? Oh, shit. That might have been the fourth guy. Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, you're going to get a starting pitcher in Logan Allen out of the deal, and you got Margot out of that deal. You did all right. Uh, You didn't do all right. What do you mean? Come on. Kimbrell's a Hall of Famer. You didn't do all right. Uh, you got two starters. You got beat. You got beat. <laughs> you got beat today on the field. <laughs> Get off. Dude, Move I'm... it. Nice bullpen. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, fuck. That bullpen shit. But <laughs> your boy Quantrill wasn't terrible for a while there. Yeah. Five innings, two earned runs against a really good hitting team. Uh, I I wonder now where they're at, what their thought pattern is with Paddock, because innings have to be a concern for Paddock. So what happens there? Look, I, what would you do with Paddock? I thought AJ Casvel made a great point on social media today, where he said, "Boy, uh, I didn't know until I looked at my timeline, but apparently Chris Paddock is the first rookie pitcher to ever struggle in the first part of his professional career." Guys, pro hitters have figured him out. Pro hitters have seen the scouting report on him. It's the second time around, and now they know what to do with Paddock. So now the question is. How does Paddock adjust? It's a little bit of a fight. It is. But he, he drew a lot of attention to himself, not with just the, the sheriff stuff, and I don't blame him for any of that stuff. Yeah. But when he called out the other potential rookie of the year at the time. Pete Alonso? Yes. And he no, called he out just Alonso. said rookie of the month. And so, but I mean, come on, you just let it go. You know, if you're going to sit there, you better back it up. Oh, well, I liked it. Well, you look like an idiot because right now you're borderline. Hey, we're going to send your ass down. You get you got rocked against the the three teams that were decent, right? You got rocked yeah. against the Dodgers. You got rocked against the Yankees. You got rocked against the Phillies. 
the good offenses are smoking you. And what the hell is happening? So is the issue for me when I watch him, because I, I agree with everyone else, the guy is outstanding. Mm-hmm. Is he almost too much around the plate? Does that make any sense? Yeah. You know what? I heard of all people, I heard John Quintera say something about Paddock today yeah. that I found interesting. But, right. And it was funny. I was going to ask Mud this tonight. Okay. Um, and I, I forgot to text this to Mud. But I, I heard what Coach said. And Coach said the one thing that he's always seen pitching coaches teach young guys like Paddock is when you are throwing in the bullpen, let me see one five inches off the plate. Let yeah. me see one three inches yeah. off the plate. Because he said if you're constantly at the plate, yes, right? And guys the, get real comfortable. Guys get real comfortable because they could just swing at everything. But you got to kind of mix and, and move it in the location. And I found that really interesting. But I was like, okay, do they actually do that? I could see doing yeah. that with high school kids or college kids, whatever. Because you always say if the umpires are giving you the outside and inch off, well, let's try and push that even a little bit more. Yeah, but just yeah. keep guys moving their feet. Yeah. And and I heard Coach say that today, and I found it interesting. Yeah, Dave, it might be. It might be. But it it kind of gives the pods the opportunity now because yeah. they were going to limit his innings anyways. If he had continued to be flying along at the rate he was, man, you would have had a dilemma. But now you can kind of look at it and go, all right, you know what? Maybe he needs a week. Maybe he yeah. needs 10 days. Maybe he's the guy instead of Quantrill or anybody else that were quote-unquote sending down for 10 days, right? And just kind of splitting it up. I don't know. So I'd mean, rather they do not send him down. If you're going to pitch him and use his innings and use him at the, the top level. No, Does but that I'm make saying any sense? what I said, quote unquote, send him down is they say, hey, he's going to El Paso. He never goes down no. and fucking makes a start down there. No. He just takes 10 days off and they move him around. I don't know. I now, mean, some people, I guarantee if we were to talk to Randy today, Randy would say the problem is he's taking too much time off in between starts. That's what's throwing him off. Could be that too. Could be that. Remember, this fucking guy was pitching at Elsinore a year ago. Yeah. Right? I mean, he's pitching at Elsinore. I like it because I think he has the mental makeup to get knocked on his ass and get back up. Yeah. Like, he's not... I don't disagree with that. He's not some of these guys that have come through in years past where you go, ah, this guy's just a puss. Yeah. I don't think he's that at all. And I, I think with Paddock, I I like his makeup. And you go, all right, yeah. I, that's why I like Castavell said. I thought it was a, a really funny line. That apparently he's the first rookie pitcher to get smacked around a little bit in the first half of his season. But, look, it's up to Ballsley. It's up to Paddock. Um, I thought, even though fucking Pete Point Loma keeps calling him Medhia, M-E-D-J-A. I don't know what the fuck Pete's smoking over there. It's Mejia. But I thought what Pete said was that Paddock really connected when he was pitching to Mejia. Yeah. I don't know. I thought that was interesting. Can't tell you one way or the other. Other than the fact Pete can't fucking spell. <laughs> wearing me out. Um, but yeah, I just, yeah. I look at that. Look, Dave, here's the other thing. Tomorrow, Tatis comes back. Yep. Tatis comes back. Machado moves back to third, which with all respect to Ty France and Greg Garcia, 
it it changes everything yeah. on the left side of that infield. Although oh, the two kidding. fucking plays that Machado made today were unbelievable. Yes. Especially the first one. God damn. But Tatis brings so much of this team, and when you realize he's been out since the 28th of April, yeah. was really leading this team in all offensive categories, brings such a flair to this team. I think just having him there, yeah. having the bat in the lineup, having his personality back, I think it's going to make a huge impact for this team. Hope so. They definitely need it. They need some kind of push right now because it looks like they're kind of just floating around a little bit. You know, well, I'd tell you the other thing I would do. I'd put fucking Urias in every day, and I'd put fucking Mejia in every day. I'm so sick of Hedges, and I'm so sick of Kinsler. Like, just, I'm done with those two yeah. guys. Mejia and, God, Mejia hit a ball so fucking far, like opposite field, or just, uh, and there's a great clip online where the announcer's like, well, he was just pounding the ball left-handed, came up to say, hey, you know what, I'll hit right-handed, and hits a home run. Wow. I would like to see Urias get called up as soon as possible. And just, just be and the guy. Just write it out. Let's see what yeah. happens. Just be Make the Make him feel comfortable guy. and not the feeling, hey, we might be sending you back down again. Let's give him a fair shot. Let's right. see what it's like when he's not worried about being sent down to the minors at any time. Right. And I thought it was funny today, somebody, it may have been Bree, yeah. who I like, was like, God damn, how do you have uh, Josh Naylor in the lineup ahead of Renfro and, and Fran Meal? And then Naylor hits a yeah. three-run homer. I just laugh because we all do that shit so often. Dude, it happened to me twice today. I ripped Myers, and then I, we, uh, and then my son ripped Naylor, and then back-to-back. Back they, they were back, fantastic, right? yeah. But but I want Fran Meal and Renfro in that lineup every day. I do, too. What's all the talk all of a sudden of trade trading Renfro? I heard that, too. People keep saying, oh, you got to get rid of Renfro. Why? I don't understand. Why would you want to get rid of Renfro? Uh, I don't get that either. Uh, for me, People man, are saying get rid of Yates right now. Yates is probably going to go, but why right now? The fuck would you move Yates? <laughs> like I, That, to me, makes no sense either. Same guy yelling, infield fly. <laughs> infield fly. Look, here's my lineup every day. Yeah, go ahead. My lineup every day. But it's very similar, exactly the same as mine. Go ahead. Mejia behind the plate. Okay, I'm with you. Hosmer, Orias, Tatis, Machado, uh, Reyes, Renfro, and... You're stuck with Myers. In center? Yeah, you got him. He sucks. Fuck. Myers killed me last Friday when he couldn't judge that ball. I think I said this to you on the last show, but... Fuck, man. Yeah. Every goddamn warning track is exactly the same amount. How do you not know how to read, the, re- read it once your feet hit the warning track? Yeah. You Franchi, fucking idiot. Franchi, you fucking idiot. You Jesus. fucking dickhead. Uh, Franchi will be back soon. Yeah, and that's the thing. We're waiting to see him, right? Yeah. We, we do want to see him. Love Gordon. And if you want to give give one of those guys a break, wink, wink. Will Myers, you look a little tired. Why don't you sit the fuck down? You yeah. know what I mean? We, we want to see that, too. Yeah. I'm with you. That's the lineup I would love to see. Just put them out every fucking day. And I'm fine running it to the end of the year. Look, you aren't winning the division. You probably aren't making the postseason. And you're probably going to sit there and write to us and say, hey, asshole, they're right there for the wild card. Okay, everybody's right there for the wild card. Yeah, but the whole staff yes. is shaky. Exactly. Strom goes down today. Uh, so he's gone for I at thought least Luke Casey was, by the way, was supposed to pitch today. Did I miss something? I thought Luke Casey was the guy today. And then all of a sudden, Quantrill's the guy. Yeah. Did you hear any announcement why that was? No, it may just be because they put Strom. Okay. And then Lauer's going to pitch Saturday. And, yeah, everybody's kind of moving around. I'm not sure. They're going to do a bullpen game on Sunday because off day on Monday. Not sure. But 
look, there's a ton of yeah. arms that are coming. They're just not here yet. And I understand why you're not going out like on a Dallas Keiko for three years, yeah. why you stayed away from Gio Gonzalez. You just there were really nobody there. So you're kind of finding your everyday guys. Yep. But now we just kind of have to bite the bullet for these pitchers to figure it out. I mean, Lauer was dynamite yesterday or the other day, right? Yeah. Lauer pitched really well. Uh, Quantrill, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I hate Andy pulling all these dudes after five innings. Like they all are just gone after five in that bullpen. The, the book always tells you too is that once a team sees you that through time around, you're going to get killed. That's what oh, the shit, that's what the man. computer tells you. If these guys are ever going to be at the level that I mean, Quantrill's a first round pick. Yeah, if you're ever going to have that guy, then he better be able to give you seven or eight consistently, right? Yeah, you know, and give uh, the pen a break. How many at bats do you think Urias had before they sent him down? God, like under fifty. Twenty four. Twenty four. Yeah. Bullshit. <laughs> 24 you get the fuck out of here yeah 24 yeah i don't know gotta be something there right yeah i mean uh, i'm not gonna question preller logan white or any of the guys that are in that room that that make those calls when they send them down god he is just crushing the ball but now when you bring him up he just has to come up and stay there yeah uh, again if there's no point of him being in the minors right now because it's too easy for him he needs yeah. to figure it out here same with Mejia. yep I, i'm with you on that i'm with you on that one i don't understand the deal with with hedges i wonder what goes through a guy like hedges mind you know he's going I mean, i'm a career 205 hitter basically i'm hitting 193 right now at what point is management going to figure out? I'm probably not a really good hitter. Never well, will I would just say the mindset that we have to take as a fan base is if he was in Boston, yeah. if he was in New York, if he was in San Francisco or any other market, would he get the amount of at-bats that he gets here? No way. And, and you know, he, he's fine defensively. Let's calm the fuck down. He's not Bill Freehand back there, right? <laughs> That Johnny Bench back there. Fuck are we doing? Jesus Christ. Throw this fucking kid a parade every day. You know, a guy called us a pussy stain, okay? <laughs> That's true. Do we do we need Geekster? Do we need Rose? Do we need Bree to read that kind of shit? Maybe we put the right catcher behind the plate and those guys say, you know what? You guys are really good. That's and the true. name calling goes away. That's true. A New York Yankee fan called you a pussy yeah, stain. Yeah, I didn't like that. And neither did the kept faith. God damn it. Funniest shit ever. Hey, let's keep it to baseball. Name calling hurts. <laughs> I swear, Dave, it is so funny. They had a guy yeah. today. I saw some guy today. Yeah. Okay. I just, I circled into Twitter. It was a crazy day and I circled into it. Yeah. And somebody put a screen up of a guy who's so mad at Padres Twitter that he's convinced that um, they're all Russian bots. They're yeah. all Russian bots. The other day, the Marlins posted the score, and there were 142 comments when the Marlins like, oh, we lost game one. 142 comments. And they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then I saw the other day, you know Jake Tapper is from CNN? Yeah. They Jake Tapper's like, Man, I'm not happy with the way the Phillies are playing. And somebody writes, all right, we got to get Tapper. (laughs) 
I had these guys that I went to San Diego with. Yeah. They were like these four guys, just complete fucking dorks, but they were so goddamn funny, right? Starting all kinds of shit, and they knew they were the biggest dorks yeah. in the school, but they referred to themselves, their self-appointed nickname was the Gazelles. These guys couldn't be further from athletic. <laughs> But they would always be in this one like English class, and yeah. they'd always be like, you know what? Guess who's here, Jeff? The gazelles. <laughs> I was like, what? Shut the fuck up. But they were so damn funny. Every time I see Padre Twitter, I'm like, we're like the fucking modern-day gazelles. They just start shit. Yeah. I love every one of those guys. Uh, everybody from Mickey Coke to Ian, who just said the other day, I've just had it with Dave Palais. <laughs> Uh, Eric, fucking Eric, he's such a dick, miserable Padre fan, when John Heyman, anytime John Heyman writes anything, you know, Max Scherzer is 10-1 and one on Wednesday games in Milwaukee. Thanks, John. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh at, I fucking laugh at everything. I'm the simplest audience for everybody on Padre Twitter, that whole group. When Carlos, goddamn, Carlos said something the other day. Oh, I know. Somebody um, somebody lost a dog. Yeah. So somebody was like, hey, it's a bad day. My pup you know, crossed the rainbow bridge today. And then Carlos was like, it's just a dog. And then they oh, all Jesus. turned on him. Duh! Corey Stewart. I mean, it's just all, you're all just a fucking wreck. Yeah. And I love every one of you because I just, I can't get enough of it. I it, just it, love it's, it. It's crazy. I mean, it, it really is something else. But it's great, right? Oh, no, no. It's fantastic. I mean, it might be the best thing about Padre baseball is Padre Twitter. And, and people really, are understanding it as you play the Padres, your team is going to get killed. You're going to get killed. I told you. And it, it's, you know, we used the, the analogy the other day of it's like piranha. Yes. You have no chance of fighting them no. off. No. I'm telling you, it, hopefully in a couple of years, MLB Network's doing a special on this shit because they are by far the best I've ever seen. And I don't even know, like, I don't, I just, I just watch everything, right? Yeah. Like the piranhas, I'm just watching from that tank, you know, like at SeaWorld when yeah. they had the, sh the whale show, right? And you would just sit there and watch it all. Occasionally you get a little wet. Yeah. I just watch it. I just fucking love it. But somehow you're always... Because you just kind of swim in there, and they just they they can't quite figure you out. <laughs> well, I gotta tell you, you're like a mirror in that water, right? And the piranha's like, <laughs> you're right. I you're kinda, like the beta doesn't know. Like if you put a mirror up to the side of a yeah. beta tank, it fucks with him. Yeah, because he just runs into it because he wants to fight his reflection. <laughs> and uh, you're kind of that mirror. And I keep telling everybody, it's just a reflection. That's what you do. That is you. It's just, it's a, just a fucking reflection. And Stop people, freaking out. Some people are trying to follow what you do. Don't fall for it every time. Yeah, yelling I, back. that's who you are. I, I think you're just the mirror. One of my favorite things uh, Padres Twitter does is, and they do it at me all the time with the Dodgers, is let's say it's, they're playing the Cubs, okay? Uh-huh. And the Cubs can do something and immediately, well, oh yeah, what's your team done since 2016? Like, it's like, dude, that was just two years ago. 
I mean, but uh, they, they, yeah. the, the way they attack you on shit like that makes you like, well, fuck off. <laughs> like, yeah, the Cubs and the Pods aren't the same thing, assholes. Well, good luck fucking fighting your argument if you're a Cubs fan. You're done. You are done. You're done. And it's so, I, goddamn, Dave, I tell you, I've been a fan of the head team. <laughs> it's never been more fun to be a fan. Yeah. Like, and. It's oh, almost where the Padres should have their own special section for those guys. Well, and they just can't so, because of the hate for Kinsler. I mean, you can't oh, have true. Corey Stewart go down there. That's true. He God, they lose their shit over Kinsler. Yeah. Hedges. They're yeah, sick Kinsler of his fucked shit. him today, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's it. You're right. They can't sit there and like set up in their own area. For well, the, and how many times have we all done this where you're just hanging out? It's kind of a mellow Thursday night or yeah. Friday night. You're watching the game. And that dink Kinsler fucking strikes out right the, yeah. the opposing pitcher walks two straight on eight straight pitches loads the bases you're down by two here comes kinsler you're like fuck <laughs> and he just fucking first pitch just fucking ground ball out of the inning and you're like where's my phone because these fucking maniacs are gonna go nuts it's so fun yeah. Oh I, my gosh. That, I, those guys are great. That's funny. We we're, we're at the game today. There was a situation, bases loaded, and Josh says, "Man, if Kinsler doesn't hit into a fucking double play, we're going to see Machado bat with the bases loaded." Yeah. And of course he fucking strikes out. And you're like, "Dude, how do you not bring the run in? You have a guy right. in third fucking base." Right. What's the striking out bullshit? Like a 16-year yeah. veteran, right? Yeah. How many years have you been in the fucking league? Dude, Ian? too long. One year too long. <laughs> One year too long is right. <laughs> God, that's got to suck if you're Kinsler, right? Yeah. Because you got to be aware. Like, you come to San Diego. He's the only guy. He's the only guy that goes, man, this is great. Yeah. It's the end of my career. Last year kind of sucked, but I'm going to try to recapture the magic. And he explains to his wife and family, we're going to have the chance to do it in San Diego. Yeah. America's finest city. Petco Park. God, this is going to be great. Tatis and Machado and Hosmer. Man, honey, are we looking at this farm system? It's going to be great. And from about day two, fuck you. <laughs> Whoa. Shit, I just got to get a hit. If I can just get a hit. Oh, you dick. That's it. He's like, God damn. <laughs> I thought I didn't want to go to Philly. <laughs> then he snaps, flips all of you off. Just fucking snaps. He did. You made a dude named fuck Ian. Fuck you. Fuck all of fuck you. Fuck all of you. Hey, Ian, what's that shit? Oh, uh, uh, I was just trying to fire up my, my teammates by telling them all to blow me in the back of the van. <laughs> I mean, God damn, you made that dude break. Like, guys on your own family aren't safe. I was trying the fucking, to fire up my teammates by telling them to blow me in the back of a van. Like, Eric and Lyle are like, whoa, you guys don't know where the line is. God damn. Yeah, oh my the Menendez God. brothers yeah. and the Donovan. They'd be if, when they get half hour computer time. They probably they're probably H.J. Preller. Oh my God, that's either Lyle or Eric. Oh, that's one of those guys. Shit. And that other dude, Marver Garver. Yeah, he's the other one. That's what I've heard. All those fuckers. If I'm a Cavs pa- for days. God, those guys they are so fucking funny. If I'm a big Padre fan, I'm, uh-huh. I'm sitting there going, I got to get in this group. Somebody got to be a part of Padres. Well, I want to be one of the main guys. You better just stay on the outside, man. You go in there. You're like that kid who goes, hey, I'm going to enter the jump rope. Yeah. When they're those kids in the in the city. Yeah. 
that are doing that jump rope yeah. and they got the guys that are jumping. No then you just come in and you just fucking get it caught in your leg and everybody falls over. Just stay over there. Dickhead. Your plaid shorts. Yeah, don't go. Don't go in there. The water's hot. <laughs> They're my family. I don't even go in there. That I'm like, so I funny. just stay on the fucking outside. <laughs> All maniacs. All right, after we, we do this, I'll tell you why, why today was even a better day than what I even mentioned earlier. I want to mention, though, Brian Curry. Brian Curry selling real estate all over San Diego County for more than 20 years. He's really good at it. Right now, so many people say they're looking at homes and they're trying to figure out this real estate market. Brian Curry, we told you, he's the guy you need to ask questions to. Why take a chance making a bad investment in a house in a bad neighborhood? Brian Curry will tell you the neighborhood that is growing. He will tell you the house that helps fit your family needs. <clears throat> Brian Curry is a good friend of ours. or be a good friend of yours because he's been so successful because of what he does word of mouth. Make sure you call Brian Curry, 619-251-1588, 619-251-1588. Yeah, absolutely love him and the job he does. Uh, it's tough out there, man, and it, it was funny. I was just talking to a buddy of mine the other day yeah. who's in the market to buy, buy a house. I gave him Brian's number because he said, ah, you know, Dave, like everybody, uh, my brother-in-law is a real estate guy. My yep. nephew's a real estate guy. My uncle Lou's a real estate guy. Oh, yeah, what do they do when they're not doing that? Well, they have their own uh, exactly. power wash business yeah. where they w take dead paint off of old metal sheds. Oh, well, that's exactly the fucker you want to help you make <laughs> the biggest decision of your life. He'll get you a house as a dead body in the closet. <laughs> Look, man, I already told you, Curry flew helicopters. Did you do that? No. You're scared of helicopters. But Curry, <laughs> over. Come on, Dave. Here we go. We're going in. <laughs> I told Curry, man. Open house. We're flying that fucking helicopter right in. Matt Batty out of there. Beat it, Batty out of <laughs> You might have blown it out. Hold on. That's crazy. Hold on. It's not going so. Hold on. Let me try this one more time. Beat it. <laughs> Dude, I, you completely blew us out for five seconds. That's Shit. crazy. My helicopter noise. Sorry. I'll, <laughs> I'll calm down. That's why I want to tell you about Brian Curry. So I don't <laughs> shut down the entire show. Uh, Curry's the shit. I just like it, Dave, because yeah. when that decision comes... And uh, and I'm ready to go buy a house. Yeah. I just know I got the, the you right do, you guy. You do. You have the right guy in town. Yeah. And look, I did it. I bought my first house in 08. Yeah. And it was incredibly stressful. Luckily, it worked out in the end. But I looked at so many shitty places that by the time we found the right one, I was convinced that there was something wrong with it, too. And thank God my wife at the time was like, it's cool. You get it. And, and I look back on that. I was saying this to my sons the other day. Thanksgiving Day of 08. Yeah. When everybody was at a different house, I was painting that place. And when you go in there today, I point out to my sons all the time. I go, look, there's a paint smudge there. There's a paint smudge there. The whole thing. Yeah. And I said, I would never have those fixed because it brings me back to that day when I got the keys of this place and we were able to move in. It was fantastic. It's where my sons grew up it's in a great neighborhood. And those kind of things need to happen. Uh, you got to do it the right way because, unfortunately, I have a friend who bought a terrible place. Really? And is regretting it. And it's, it's heartbreaking. And you can't get out because the money you go into 
uh, you're not going to get back out. So when you make that decision, make sure it's the right decision. And that's why Brian Curry is the guy to do it for you. Absolutely. Brian Curry is absolutely outstanding. Please make the right phone call. Give him a call when you're buying your next house. Also, Alan Taylor. I talked to Alan today. I always love talking to the advertisers. Alan Taylor is doing great right now. Of course, we, you know, summer right is here right now, a little June gloom. But guess what? It's the pool will be open really soon. And they say it's going to be the hottest summer of all time. If you have a pool right now, that is not working. But you say, you know what? It used to be a great pool. Make sure you call Alan Taylor. We all told you what Alan can do as far as building you a brand new pool, the pool of your dreams, making your backyard a staycation. If you once had that, but you haven't maintained it, Alan Taylor's your guy to make sure that pool is up and running and everything is the way you want it to be. Alan's number is 619-449-4452. 619-449-4452. Yeah, unbelievable how great that pool can be especially is when they come on the news and they're like, hey, gas prices have gone down two fucking cents. No way. Whoa. Shit, I guess I can get a haircut this month. <laughs> yeah. And then it's funny, Dave, I'm planning a trip. I'm going to New York City this summer. I'm heading out to New York. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out schedule-wise how we can go. But it's like I'm looking at it, and I'm just going to New York because it's my favorite place in the world. I'm just going for four fucking days yeah. to chill out. Probably just... Fuck, get you, fucked up. Are you only going for four days? Yeah, I'm going to fly in on like, uh, I'm going to do a red eye on like Wednesday night. Okay. And then fly back on like Monday. So just be there Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, because it's, it's great. Yeah, it right? is great. And, uh, but it's funny, just as I'm looking at that, I'm and you go, God damn, by the time they're done with hotel taxes and airport taxes, shit, before I've even got on the plane, I'm out 1200 bucks yeah. for four days. Yeah. And and you go, God damn, it's unbelievable. And if you're a family, my kids are freaking out because they've always wanted to go to New York and I'm not bringing them. But shit, if I was bringing them, it's three grand. Those kind of things. So when you're looking at your summer vacation, and I know so many friends that are heading up to Pebble for the U.S. Open next week. Man, hotel, TOT, gas, everything yeah. you have to pay for. Fuck it. Put a beautiful... Tailor-made pool right in your backyard. Save yourself that headache. And I've heard uh, from Alan and Amy that for the first 50 people that get a tailor-made pool and mention the Dave and Jeff show, the first weekend, the great Lola Falana will be at your That's pool. That's incredible. God, she's hot. <laughs> that is awesome. That's why Alan's the best. What can you do? What's wrong with you? <laughs> What's wrong with me? Yes. Goddamn Lola Falana's a treat. You're writing checks your mouth can't cash. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, coming up this weekend, all right? This weekend, last time you're going to hear me say it, this weekend, June 9th, don't forget it's San Diego Egg Fest. It's right here around the corner from where we're at. It's the Otay Ranch Mall. Beautiful mall, brand new, basically. They've done a great job, but look, they have something fantastic going on. It's the Egg Fest. This is what you need to do to find out more. Jeff will give you more details in a second, but here's the website, hotsaucesandmore.com. Again, it's Hot Sauces the letter N more.com. And you're going to find out a way that will change your life as far as when it comes to cooking and preparing in the backyard and using that big green egg. Yeah. The big green egg is the key to everything. It sounds ridiculous. If you don't even know what a big green egg is until you find out this is the key right here that will make anybody a fantastic barbecue chef. Well, I have to question if you don't know by now what a big green egg is, then maybe you're just a goddamn dipshit. <laughs> I mean, my God, like Jesus Christ. How many times do we have to tell you? You know, I keep hearing these guys, and they keep talking about this big green egg. 
Is that like an ostrich egg? I don't get why these guys, they talk porn, and for some reason, they have the need to mix in this conversation about a big green egg. God damn it. Here's what's going on, okay? Fuck. I'm so frustrated. I'm just... Call them dipshits. Well, yeah. I'm a tornado of rage right now. Uh, it's going on this Sunday. There's going to be 20 to 30 chefs cooking a variety of things. Endless samples. You want to know who else is going to be there? Who? Let me give you three names that have been added today to the VIP list. Recently completed the San Diego Rock and Roll Half Marathon in two hours and 31 minutes. Cade Nicholas Dotson nice. on there. A guy tonight who got kneed right in his little nuts by the <laughs> Toronto Raptors. Jackson <laughs> Chase Dotson will be there. You can tell him, hey, make sure you get your dad that gray shirt. He's going to like it. Please, please, if you see Jack uh, this weekend, and I'll be there too. Wait, so it's, it's, it's Sunday, correct? Sunday, June 9th. Yeah. So if I'm not mistaken, the Warriors could be eliminated on Sunday. No, right? No, they're only up 2-1. They don't play again until Sunday. I oh, think. I thought they play on Wednesday and Sunday. Am I wrong on this? This fucking thing is lasting forever, by the yeah. way. Yeah. No, it drags out till Father's Day. Oh, shit. I yeah. was thinking, oh, you had some trash talking coming your way. Yeah. Jack was in for it. If man, if this team well, was going down. Well, he should be in for it. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, go ahead. I'll let Jeff finish up while I fuck up the schedule some more so and give you the right answer. we're coming out. Now, this was unbelievable. I, I mentioned the fact that there's going to be 20 to 30 chefs that are there. Yes. Jerry from Pork Belly's Barbecue told me he's, guess what he's making, Dave? What's he doing? Bacon-wrapped donut holes. No way. <laughs> On the big green egg. That sounds awesome. Oh, here's that goddamn ostrich. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't get it, we don't want you there. Okay? Stupid. 10.30 in the morning, you're going to learn how to cook with wood by Patty Fisher Sharp. Coming up straight at noon, it's Eggs 101. I should be there by noon. Uh, 1 o'clock, apple mustard pork belly, 2.30 prime rib. I'll absolutely be there by 2.30. They're going to pre-sale the demo Big Green Eggs at a huge discount. For all the information, hotsaucesandmore.com slash events, 60 bucks for a couple, 35 bucks solo, Otay Ranch Town Center Mall, 2015 Birch Road in Chula Vista. You know what I feel bad about who's going to miss out on this? Who's that? John Butler. John oh, Butler shit. missed out on the Green Big Egg. Oh, you know what, David? I sure appreciate what you just said there, fella. You know what I like to say? Cook on that big green egg. How about everything? <laughs> oh, shit. Eddie, do me a favor, you little fuck. You get me a fork and get me some tongs. I gave, gave it, I like. I like that pulled pork. Uh, you probably pulled your pork a few times. Did you, Eddie? Jesus. I just will stay home and have tuna. You're fucking right, you little tuna. You're not coming out there, you little shit. <laughs> Are they gonna? <laughs> I don't know what that means, but it's hilarious. <laughs> Are they gonna be cooking beans on that big green egg? What kind of fucking dipshit would know the big green egg's a barbecue? Guy probably sets it down. And tinkles. (laughs) (laughs) 
I need to sit down, take a little, take a day, little shit. And I, wait, I'm in. <laughs> uh, Brian from Hot Sauces and More uh, was asking today, and I absolutely can't wait. I'm coming out, and uh, yeah, it'll be an absolute blast. So I can't wait. Oh, fuck. How fucking great to see you and your bullshit. <laughs> what are you going to tell him? You fuckhead. You could. He'd probably burn your little fingers. Get your little manicure screwed up. Radio boy. I'm from Buffalo, New York, you fucker. Bill Polian and I would beat the shit out of you. <laughs> Bill Polian. He called the cops who beat you up. I don't know why AJ ever liked you, Dotseth. You're a dick. And I don't even sound like that. I sound like a man. You make me sound like I got I'm just having chance. <laughs> By the way, the fucking NBA, Yeah. as I fucked up the schedule, the NBA plays Friday, and then they did a really good job not having any games on the weekend, and they're playing on Monday. What the fuck? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. What the fuck? How do you not do this? How do you not have the NBA on Saturday or Sunday? God, what a complete train wreck. All right, so Friday night, yes, the Raptors could be up 3-1 to one when you see us at uh yeah, we and come back on Monday. We could be doing, well, yeah, on Eggfest. But on Monday, we could be here doing the show during yeah. the last game of the NBA Finals. God, that'd be great. And we'll just call Jack live on the air. <laughs> that'd be fantastic. What happened, shithead? <laughs> you got an NBA.com gift card? Oh, he was so fired up. Nah, I play these oh dudes. I, I just play them like a fiddle. Yeah. And I, and I told him, I go, look, I'm just telling you, it's going to suck if I have to buy you a championship T-shirt. Now, what he doesn't realize yeah. is I've done it three years in a row. It'll have zero impact on me at all. Oh I'm like, gosh. oh, but I'm like, but you know, it's really going to suck. He goes, what? I go, when you have to buy me my championship <laughs> T-shirt. I'm like, God, I don't want to do that at all. I go, well, you're going to. You're goddamn right. You're going to. And I'm going to thank you every time I wear it. Hey, Jack, remember this? Great shirt, bud. Yeah. They put up with that shit. I don't know. They laugh. They're good. Yeah. My kids are fine. Oh my good. gosh, that's funny as All shit. All right, but he'll that's be out funny. there. Cool. He will uh he'll be out there on Sunday. So yeah, if a I and I guarantee you, I guarantee you if anybody says, Hey man, I think your dad's right, that gray shirt would be it. He will lose his shit. Oh, that's shit. fantastic. He will we will rattle that little dude's cage. Yeah, he's a shit talker. That's awesome. That is that is that is absolutely great. Hey, want to mention Dan Williams? There's a chance you might see Dan out there as well. That's oh, right, yeah. Dan. I just called you out because Dan lives in the neighborhood as well. But Dan's your guy. And when you run into Dan, not only have you seen Dan on Twitter and he's active and he loves to trash me, Dan is a guy you do want to bend his ear. He has a lot of great advice for you to help you out. And I'm talking advice that will change your entire life. And he can change your life today. Make sure you get in touch with Dan Williams because Dan's your guy that will help you stretch your dollar and make sure that your money lasts a lifetime. 858-688-6813. 858-688-6813 has a tremendous gift to change your life and to change the people around you. But you don't want to be that guy that says, man, I hope my kids make a lot of money because I don't know what I'm going to do because I had to mismanage everything up until this point. Dan's your guy. Uh, Dave, it's not only about borrowing money, it's about how do you repay that money, and Dan's going to be the guy to help you out. Those two free books that we've talked about forever need to be on your shelf, really need to be on your coffee table so you can take a look at them if you're in the market for a new home, especially if you're a first-time home buyer or a veteran. 
it's time for you to get educated, and the best way to do that is by building your relationship with Dan. Starts by going to sandiegolending.us slash Dave Jeff. sandiegolending.us slash Dave Jeff. Give him a call, 858-688-6813. Yeah, because the one thing that we've talked about with Brian Curry is the excitement of buying the house. And you buy the house and you get the keys, and then you realize, holy shit, <clears throat> I got to make 12 payments a year for the next 30 years. How am I going to do this yeah. so I don't become a foreclosure, become a statistic? Well, you do it by reaching out to Dan because what Dan's going to do is going to put together a financial plan for you. So not only do you borrow smart, but you repay smart at the same time. It's fantastic advice. I cannot emphasize that enough, whether you've been in your home for six months, yep. whether you've been in your home for five years, or whether you're just getting ready to buy your home, and especially if you're a veteran. Man, I was saying that the other day, Dave. Being out at Petco Park on Military Sunday gives me chills. I absolutely love it every time. And for all of those guys, I also love it what the Padres do when they encourage anybody that spent time in the military to stand up and be acknowledged. I absolutely love that. When you see the different men and women in all the different sections stand up and, and be cheered for the way they should yeah. be cheered for, it's great. But not only do you get cheered for at Petco Park, there are programs for you that will in, let you buy a home and really have programs. Let Dan help you out, 858-688-6813. Also, Kyle Flugery does the website for us. He can help you with their website. Fix the way your business looks today, 619-500-6621, 619-500-6621. You going to apologize to Kyle? What did I do wrong? Well, he sent us an email two days ago. Said, hey, got a bunch of brand new ideas for the website. Just need a chance to circle back and see you guys. What would you say in your response? I didn't respond because I never right. saw the email. What I just said, look at the emails once a week. That's coming up on the weekend. Mm. Text me. Got my number. God damn it. What do you want me to <laughs> I say? Just, I just said, hey, I'll just wait. I'll wait and see what Dave says. You know, it's his house. I can't just be inviting people over. Go, uh, go ahead. I guess I'll just wait another day, Kyle. I guess you and I'll just wait. Maybe you'll get back to us. Oh, here he is, down on the field, getting his picture taken with Glenn Hoffman. <laughs> well, I guess you and I can wait. Uh, well, apparently we have a lot of exciting new things coming to our website. Kyle's done an amazing job with it. And uh, and we'll get to those when Dave's uh, not busy enough. Check my email by August. Sorry. Yeah, posting selfies of him and uh, Julian. some point, he'll check his own email. Maybe we can get the website updated. That's funny as shit. All right, you brought up Julian's name, so I will mention yes. it. I, I told you, today was a big day because you know I've been coaching for a long time. These guys yep. are young kids, and now they've uh, become to the point where they're getting drafted. You know Julian real well. He's, he's over here all the time, and you've known him since he was a little kid. He's played center field for San Diego State the last three years. But today, he became a pro. He be, and I told him, I said, from now on, when people ask you, what do you do for a living? I'm a professional baseball Isn't player. That cool? And I said, all those years. So the Cleveland Indians drafted Julian today. Uh, Julian Escobedo, if you're a San Diego State fan, he wore jersey number one. The Indians love San Diego high school center fielders. Mm -hmm. All right, I'm going to throw four of them they drafted at you just in the last few years. Bradley Zimmer from La Jolla. Greg Allen from Hilltop, who's still there, wears jersey number one for the Indians. Andrew Kalika from East Lake, and then uh, Julian Escobedo from East Lake San Diego State. But pretty cool. Also, uh, Connor Lund from Cathedral High School yeah. was an ace pitcher for USC, got drafted by the Cardinals. 
and Jack Stronach, Helix High School. Yeah. UCLA player, number six for the Bruins. You'll follow the Bruins through the World Series. Um, Padres drafted Jack no Stronach. Kidding. Really cool. Helix kid, Southern California guy, gets drafted by the hometown Padres. But if this kid makes it up, and nothing against any other kid I coach, this kid right here is like the complete package. Like he's the kind of kid that could run for president and go, I could Julian? see. Julian? No, talking about Jack. Oh, okay, yeah. Jack Stronach, the kid, from, the kid that's at UCLA. He's yeah. just down to earth, really smart guy, has the baseball body. He's like 6'3". Yeah. You know, looks like a baseball player. The kind of guy you go, this guy's your 30 home run, 100 RBI guy. I don't know what kind of player he's going to be down the line, but the Padres really got a good one. The Cardinals and the Indians, they got good ones too. Uh, I'm going to wrap on this, and it's it's kind of a uh, not our usual way to wrap, but I appreciate Jake reaching out to us today on social media. And Jake reached out, team underscore thrash, on Twitter, and said that coming up on September the 8th, there will be a suicide walk, suicide prevention walk. I believe it's at Balboa Park. Okay. And Jake said, hey, man, um, are you guys down for this? And... I said, yeah, last year we did it with Lisa Ann, and we did that walk, and goddamn, Dave, if I'm right, um, wasn't it, I, I mean, I feel like that was at the end of October. Like, I feel like the timing on that. It was October 27th. Yeah, like it was crazy. It was two days before yes. Jake, my son died. Right. Um, we did a suicide prevention walk last year because... We lost Dave's dad, who I loved. It's Dave's father. We lost him on January 1st of 2018 uh, to suicide, and we did it there. As you know, earlier this year, I lost one of my closest friends to suicide. Look, I'll never get over it. I I just can't. And it haunts me to this day, uh, tonight. I think about her all the time, and it has become front and center in my mind. However... Jake wrote me a thing the other day, and he talked about losing his father to suicide, as Dave did. But he sent me a note today that just stopped me in my tracks because he knew how many years it had been, how many months it had been, how many weeks it had been, and how many days it had been. And I said, God damn. God damn. Right? I mean, that's a son. And I talked earlier about the clip that I saw from the French Open of that son running out hugging his dad. And it's just, it's awesome and everything comes together. Look, I I don't know that either Dave or I have the ability to register a whole team and do the whole thing and get it all together and and get everything. All I'm telling you is on September 8th, I'm going to walk. I was going to walk in memory of my friend Erica Lee. I'll walk in memory of my friend, uh, Lou Palais, who I miss and I think would really dig to see what's going on. But Jake, I'm going to walk in memory of your dad. That's awesome. Because that impacted me today like something that I can't imagine. As we're sitting here doing the show, um, I hope this isn't out of line, but Brian uh, reached out to me and said, Hey, Jeff, thought of you and your friend that you lost this year a lot this past week. One of my best friends ended his life the same way last week. Just wanted to say thank you for sharing your story. It's helped me cope this past week a little better. As I type this, I'm about to take a red eye from Seattle to Boston for the service tomorrow. Man, this sucks. So again, thank you for sharing your story. Give Dave a hug from me and tell him to move back to L.A. <laughs> 
And I wrote him back. I said, thank you so much, Brian. I'm sorry for your loss. Uh, uh, my friend, I'll never get over it. Brian asked me this question, and it's interesting, because I said a couple of weeks ago, it's been a couple of months now, that my friend jumped off the 101 in downtown L.A., and 48 hours after she jumped, I went back to that bridge. And he said, honest question, did you feel closure visiting the bridge? I was thinking about going to the bridge tomorrow before the service. Probably only chance I have for a long time if I do, uh, because it's on the East Coast. And I will just say, um, no, not completely, but it did help a little bit. Did it help? Yeah, it helped a little bit. Yeah, I was th- I've thought about this a lot, too, what you said. And... Um you know, obviously when someone passes, you want to think, you know, how they live, not how they died kind of a deal. Yeah. I always think about, I'm headed to LA next weekend as well. Actually, I'm staying downtown LA and I was thinking the same thing about Erica, not going to visit, but just thinking how close she was. Yeah. For me, it's, it's one of those, it would, it would make me so sad for her knowing that was really her darkest moment right before she, she made that move. Right. I just, it's so, it's just so sad. I mean, she's, she was she's such a, a sweet, beautiful girl. She's very smart. And you just go, how the hell? Happened? I find myself, I don't know you about Jeff, but I, I find myself in the car, you know, and I'll just go, what, like, what the fuck? How did this happen? Right. right. Not with just her, with my dad, with my son. And right. I'm like, how did this happen? And how come I'm the only one that feels the pain to be around to remember it? And it just is like, it's like almost unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah. From yeah. anything you've ever experienced in your life, you're going, fuck this is so crazy like not in your wildest dreams do you ever picture yourself in this shithole yeah because you believe um i i sincerely believe yeah. even though i know better um but i sincerely believe i could have put her back together yeah yeah i feel like i, I think could've. a lot of people that knew her probably feel the same thing yeah but i but i had a i had a different relationship with her and the thing that i tell my sons is she could be, she came uh, from a Chinese family and it was a very strict Chinese family. There were traditions that she followed. But like I said, she had a very silly side that she showed to me. And I was saying that when I had gone to Toronto in November, she called me because we were, we had like four different charity things that she had an incredible amount of people put together for and I've talked about this in the past but there were top golf and it was junior golf and it was charities and cancer and suicide and all these different things that she had her fingers in that she would talk so fast that I would just say you gotta fucking email me because I can't I can't keep up yeah but um but she had a silly side because I was heading in to have a beer with a friend and she's like, hey, I got to talk to you about this event. I think we should go to it. And I said, all right, well, I'm going in to have a beer, but you're three hours behind. Can I call you? You having a beer with a guy or girl? I was like, girl. Ooh. <laughs> I'm like, what in the fuck is going on? And it's just, Dave, when I was in L.A. with my sons a couple of weeks ago, and I just went and, you know, the one thing you said, and it registered with me, you said this before about, having Jay cremated is you said nobody goes to cemeteries yeah and it's funny because my grandfather who I loved was my mom was really a single mom but her dad was a surrogate father to me he was unbelievable he's buried in Mira Mesa he's been buried in Mira Mesa since August of 81 I don't know that I've been there five times but when I go to LA what I said to my sons is we're going to see her 
and we went and saw her and and just because of what you said but it's supposed to be and i know jake feels this way i know you feel this way i feel this way with erica and anybody else impacted by suicide i finally just came to the realization the other day i'll never get over it yeah like i will never find that void no, i don't you won't. i don't blame myself i don't do anything like that but i think all of us feel it even though we know in our mind we know better I go, I could have fucking put you back together. Like yeah. we were, we had enough shit going. Yeah. Where I, and Dave, this is what I had just said to her weeks after, day after day as shit was going on. Um, like you're going to be an incredible comeback story. I just kept telling her, you're going to be an incredible comeback story. And ultimately, yeah, when, when, as Brian's going through tonight, what you went through and, and, with respect to Jake, I don't know what happened with his father. It's none of my business. But when she did what she did to jump off the 101 freeway in L.A., that is a horrific way to go. And she, man, like, like I had a friend ask me the other night, like, how do you manage with the different shit that's going on in your world? Sam Bass is still fighting and kicking that's tonight, awesome. which is that's unbelievable. Uh, we thought we were going to lose him. Pitt is he's responding all over Facebook. He's great. It is. He's great, and and he's awesome. Um, but she said, "How do you deal with it?" And I said, "I deal with it because of the fact that I have really good people that are great, and it's the people that reach out, like Brian. Yeah, it's Dave, it's Katie Temple, it's uh, Julie Brownman, it's Joe Carlo in Toronto, and my family's great." But you know it is, Dave, it's that clip that I saw today. It's the hugs that you get from your kids. Yeah. And I watched that. I go, fuck, man, I've probably got a thousand of those since the day I moved out. And every one of them has that same impact yeah. that it has. The point of all this being is that, Jake, if you need me there on the 8th to, to pay tribute to your dad, I'll be there. That's awesome. And, uh, and Dave, I hope you can be there. Like I said, I just, if anybody wants to put together a team for Dave and Jeff, or if we just fucking show up and we go. Yeah. Uh, I'm down with that too, but I just, you guys have done so much for me, for Dave to put us back together. Uh, Jake, I'm incredibly flattered yeah. that you would ask us to be there. And on the eighth of, uh, I'll be out seeing the yeah. blasters the night before at the Casbah. <laughs> so as long as it's not an early morning, but I don't give a shit, whatever yeah. time Jake, you need us there. Uh, I'll be proud to walk with you and anybody wants to come with us. Any of you that have been impacted by suicide, uh, we'll just kind of roll through it together, and we'll see on the eighth. So we'll talk a lot more about that. But that meant a lot to me. That's awesome. But Dave, when he when he gave me the time, yeah. God damn, man, it, that shit's crazy. No, it, checking it, on your friends. It 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 is crazy. It was. Uh, I found myself the other day just like wow, like it hit hit me hard. You know, I was just happened to be in the car by myself and just going wow, I can't believe it. I right. mean, it it's so strange from January first, twenty eighteen. To Jake, my, you know, my son passing in October. Yeah, the the weight of my son is, is much bigger than my dad. But at the time, a year right. ago, at this time, I was a train wreck. Right. I remember as I in a couple of weeks, I'm going to head to Arizona to coach in the USA Championships, and on that drive to Arizona, I think I shared it on the show with you as well. That that's when I was like, I'm not going to let this affect the rest of my life, where I'm not functionable. You know what I yeah. mean? And I got to figure out a way to get over this. And then all of a sudden I get hit even harder, you know, the old, you know, you get knocked down and try and get back up. It's like, dude, I just barely got up. How the yeah. fuck this has happened. Right. And so 
today was a couple days ago was terrible. Then today was was interesting because I just mentioned about Julian, who, who grew up in my house, basically gets drafted um, by the Indians. He calls me, Jeff. I got him on speaker so my wife can hear because you know obviously in our house I can't tell how many meals uh, my wife has cooked for him. He's crying. You know, I mean, he like can't get a sentence out because yeah. he's he's a pro. And he's crying, and my son and Julian are super tight. And I said to him, you know what the Indians' field was when they built it? Do you remember the name of the field when they built it? Yeah, Jacob's Field. Jacob's Field. And, man, both of us, man, you know, teared up. And so I'm out there on the field today, and I'm I'm holding that that shirt, you know, and they're announcing the coach of the year. And, of course, as I told you before, they give it to the San Marcos guy. And as soon as I walk off the field, Josh did something my son would have done. Good job, shit show. <laughs> What the fuck? Yeah, that's what the fuck, dude. That's fucking guy. That's what Jake would have said. Would have gone. What the fuck? You can't do anything. Oh fuck! Do you ever fucking win? God, fucking embarrassment. Now you did it in front of all of San Diego. Fuck! Stop blaming me. Let's just get the car. I'm gonna take an Uber. You fucking embarrass (laughs) me. But when Josh dropped that line off me today, I fucking laughed. I thought it was so fucking funny because it's exactly what Jake would have said. Yeah, there's no time for your shit, man. It was. It was. was. Uh, But but no joke. Check in on your friends. Tell your friends they matter. Remind them. Go out to lunch. Go get a beer. Have some laughs. And just, I would just say this. The the thing, none of us are Freud, right? We're not yeah. doctors. Just, man, look in their eye. Yeah. Look in their eye. There's a different look that they have in their eye. And if you see it and it's a glow that you remember, then you're probably doing okay. Yeah. And then ask them. All right, well, I started as an army of one, and now we're an army of two. Who do we need to check in on? And just keep it rolling because I just I can't tell you. Uh, maybe some of you already know. Brian knows. Dave knows. Uh, Jake, you obviously know. Man, you get that phone call, or in my case, I got a text that came to me from her number written by her mother, and it just, yeah, life changes, man. Life, yeah. cha- life changes uh, pain is pain and, and it's just, it's brutal. So yeah, I just, uh, I'm incredibly fortunate for all of you that check in. I thank all of you that do it. Ryan Barkley checks in on me all the time. I check in on Barkley all the time. It's awesome. It really is. It's fucking amazing. And, uh, you just go, God, we're so goddamn lucky, but there may be people that are fighting that fight in darkness. And let's, uh, as a show, as a group, let's make sure we check in on them and, and keep them fighting the good fight. Absolutely. All right. We'll talk to you guys Monday night. Bye.
Sol 